1: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift. Benji and I are back in situ in Andorra and Belgium for the Giro d'Italia Stage 4 2022 recap. The first mountaintop finish of this year's Giro up to Mount Etna, a different side. There's like six different sides and it's a long, steady, old climb. 170K stage, 23.3K, 6% climb, but very steady. There is one section, about 8Ks to go, that's a little bit steeper, a 10% kilometre, but otherwise it flattens out at the finish. So when, when Benji and I are trying to, figure out who is going to win a stage when a climb like this has a five percent finish that's exposed with possible headwinds which often happens on etna that decreases the incentive for gc teams to pace and that's exactly what happened today benji the break really got a nice license or leash at the start of this stage
0: Yes, certainly. And the gap started going up to 11 minutes for a group that included some really decent riders, including the man that was said to be in this breakaway, was announced to be in this breakaway, Lenny Kemna. He uh, is on a bit of time due to uh, his attack on stage one. Then he lost some time after that attack as well, and then his time trial was good. But yeah, in general, he was on a bit of time. There were some other people in that group, including Oldani. We also had Juan Pedro Lopez, Gijs Leemreizer for Jumbo, Mauri van Sevenant. I'll try and get the most important names out there. Ryan Tarame, also a pretty important breakaway rider on a stage at the Vuelta, Valero Conti in this breakaway as well. Just in general, pretty strong breakaway. And there's still some tension of who's going to win on the Etna, for example. And it was likely that the break was going to win with that 11-minute advantage, but it started going down, going down, going down. And an odd thing that happened at the start of the stage was Lopez dropping out of this race completely. Miguel Ángel López, not Juan López. We'll talk about that abandonment after we get to the stage finish. But also next to that, we had a crash that included Simon Yates, and it looked like he went to the medical car to check his knee or something?
1: Yeah, I think he touched down. He didn't end up losing time on this stage, but yeah, not great. He was at the end of that group um but yeah it was a breakaway stage from the start valerio conti you'll remember from stage five i think it's a zero 2020 he was in a similar early break and i remember the the uh he was getting an asthma puffer from the car and he got very very angry that the camera was showing it and it was like a streason yeah. effect live on tv he was like get away get away trying to get rid of it. it's <laughs> like what are you doing like you're allowed to use it like now, now you've made a big fuss about nothing, so that's what I remember. But yeah, he got dropped today. Um, anyway, so it didn't matter. But before we get into the meat of this Aetna climb, mention our show partner Zwift. I was happy to get back to Andorra already on this Aetna stage. I just went on nothing too crazy, uh, went on Tempest Fuji and just spun for the entirety of this climb. It was really great, I was missing it. When we were away, actually, it was like last year, sitting back and just doing nothing, watching the stages. It was great to spin the legs and actually feel a bit better, get that endorphin hit as the stage is going on before the podcast. But have you, have you, swifted yet as you've returned, Benji? I'm afraid not yet, but
0: I do have the plans to do so in the evening. I uh, ended up uh, having a bit of a recovery moment after being awake for 35 hours uh, when it comes to my return to Belgium, but hey, I'm looking forward to doing it again. I, uh, I am straight up in that losing weight moment. We've lost weight in Budapest as well, and I want to keep that up, and I want to keep that going to uh, yeah, get as much in shape as
1: possible. If you want to check out Zwift, you can go to Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial through the link down below. But this break was winning 10 minutes, 8 minutes. The GC riders had no incentive to bring it back with this climb, and I think there was supposed to be a headwind in some sections on the top as well. So it was going to be the break. So the question was, We do have some small GC gaps. So for riders like Van Servenant, like Lopez, who are ahead of Chemnon GC, who was the short favorite in the live markets to win the stage, the question is, okay, you might not win the stage, but you can take pink. And you can carry that if you're a half-decent climber all the way to blockhouse on stage nine and get yourself the best part of a week in pink, like Poulence in uh, 2017 like Demarkey last year. And so that was the tension of this. And at the base of it, now we saw what we expected. This was like in the Bardo of Walter stage when the worst climbers try and get ahead on the shallow gradients, Old Darnie Benji. But he was going pretty well. Like he took a minute. At what point, I always think this, if you were a DS in the car, would you have got nervous at any point about Old Darnie or would you be thinking 15Ks left of the long climb, zero concern?
0: I think with this climb itself, there was not necessarily that much concern, but if he gets a minute, it can become a problem. And with Oldani, he's also not as bad as a climber as, for example, my Dutch commentator was saying on TV, like they were saying, oh, this guy, he's uh, he's like a purer uh, sprinty type, but this man can climb. I think, wasn't he like top three at a, at a hill stage at some point in history in the Giro as well at some he's point? He's a climbing with- sprinty boy. That's who he yeah, is. Exactly. It's like a little bit of a low-key Colbrelli. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, kind of. Maybe he's the new Cole Burley, but Dele ruined him in a sprint. But, yeah, it's he got a minute. Benji was right. There was zero need for concern. What did you see in the dynamic of that group, Benji? The the strong guys came to the front pretty early on Etna. Monique Taramai, who won the Welter stage last year, or was it Giro? I can't remember. He and Dombrowski swapped, and Dombrowski didn't make this break. Another bad day for Astana, him not making it. He won a stage in the Giro stage six last year. Monique, Kemner, Tarame, Van Cervinand, JP Lopez. What did you see in that group, even though they were exchanging turns? Who was the strongest? Who was finessing? What did you see?
0: Honestly, I felt like Tarame was one of the stronger riders in the group, depending on the amount of time that he went to the front or perhaps he thought he was the stronger rider in that group because he was taking a lot of work on himself. Kemna stayed in second wheel for a bit, but also took some work on himself. And I also want to mention the fact that Kais Lemres was at a certain point at the back of the group looking really bad. Gaps opened up in that group. And then Lehm just started riding past every single rider, one by one, towards the front again. So then they had those five, riders at the front end. It looked like von Sevenand wanted to indeed try and get that pink jersey. I think Juanpe Lopez also had that idea. And then they started, well, they started attacking. And I think Juanpe Lopez was the rider that actually got a bit of a gap on that group and started making his way towards Oldani. But uh, behind that, von Sevenand was the man that was trying to chase it down, right?
1: This is where the Malia Rosa carrot really plays into the group dynamics. JP Lopez is 55 kilos tripping wet. He, in the headwind section at the top, he will lose to Kemner, Taramay, those sort of guys. He had to go on the steeper section, goes past Aldani. Vanseva not behind... It's tough for the man. I mean, he likes pulling people for no reason at the best of times, (laughs) but now he sees the Malia Rosa going up the road because he's the best-placed guy on GC in the group, which is actually a curse. And Camner's a fucking shark. Uh, We saw the the old shark getting dropped very early in the GC group. Um, Maybe we'll get Benji's thoughts on that at the end of the pod when we talk about Astana and Lopez. But, yeah, Camner's a shark. Tarame too ain't a fool, and they just sat on him saddled him, saddled him, and then eventually Kamna attacked, dropping, I think, Tarameh. He was most concerned about. He brought Monike and Van Sevenot with him initially, wasn't concerned. And that's where Tarameh lost this stage. I think he was very, very strong, but yeah, he needed to follow Kamner on that section. And yeah, he just... And when he lost that 15 seconds, he couldn't really do anything about it. Benji, then it got to 15 seconds. We had our first Italian time gaps of the year. JP Lopez, I thought he was always getting mowed down because that exposed section, as I said, he's really light. What did you think when Kemner caught him? Like if you were JP Lopez, what would you have done in that situation? Is there anything you can do when you're caught? Three Ks to go with a bigger, stronger guy catching you.
0: I think at that point, I'd just be trying to survive and follow because you don't know how much of the last, like, 15 seconds of the gap Lopez was thinking, okay, Kemna's going to catch me. Maybe he fought that and decided to, like, not go as fast for a second then sat up on Kemna's wheel and try to out-sprint them at the end. Perhaps that's an idea that came up to his mind, but it looked like they, uh, they started talking to each other. And I was like, what would these two people start talking about? There's a stage win for Kemna up there there's a pink jersey for lopez up there but a lot of people were insinuating they're talking to each other about a trade deal lopez will get pink and chemna will get the stage but the one thing i don't get about that is the gap to the peloton is still four minutes then and lopez is 117 behind in gc and that gap is on van der Poel, who had dropped from the peloton at that point so does he just like if they completely don't stand still,
1: no, that tarame. should be safe
0: either way. Oh yeah, Tarame. what do you mean?
1: Well, Tarama, so Kamna was like 40, 45 seconds behind J.P. Lopez. Mm-hmm. So even if Lopez just rides tempo, he he won't lose 45 seconds to Kamna. But tar, Tarameh was like 23, 22. And so I think he was worried if they finesse, Tarameh comes back. And then you've got two bigger guys attacking him in 3Ks exposed, flatter terrain. It really flattens off at the end. With stage bonus, with six seconds, it then gets a bit dicey for Pink. That's maybe what he's thinking. Maybe he wasn't thinking anything at all. Maybe Camner just said, hold my wheel if you can, but you're not going to win the stage. And he just went, ah! Maybe he did that. Maybe that was all the conversation was, so it might not have been a deal. Anyway, Leonard Kamner, we presume there was something, a deal or whatever, unspoken understanding. They exchanged some turns. Camner's the strongest. Goes into the last corner, though. And he break checks JP Lopez just a little bit. Maybe he took it wide, maybe he break checked him. As I said, Camner's not a fool and isn't wasn't going to be taken for one even if there was an unspoken agreement. And Lopez nearly crashes, has to break, drops him off the wheel anyway, would have beat him in the sprint, and Camner wins the Giro d'Italia stage to fill in as he said, to put it in his pocket. He's the he's the best breakaway mountain rider in the world. His strike rate is ridiculous, wins it. Um and, yeah, J.P. Lopez goes into the Malia Rosa on the same time just behind him. And so just like they drew it up, I think, for Bora Hansgrohe. Before we get into the top 10 and the other outcomes from the stage in the GC group, I'll mention Our supporting sponsor, GCN Plus, the best place to watch the Giro d'Italia worldwide, excluding New Zealand. You can catch up when it suits you with full stage replays and on-demand highlights, as well as analysis after the race and previews of the next stage. All LRCP listeners from the US, UK, Australia, Canada, Germany can get 25% off an annual GCN Plus subscription by heading to GCN.eu slash LRCP. GC hasn't really been decided yet, so if you want to catch up on the previous stages or just dip into the Giro now, it's not too late to get yourself a GCN Plus subscription. But yeah, Benji, you turned your eyes up at uh, the Camner Best Breakaway Rider in the World statement. Do you, do you disagree?
0: I think it's difficult to say because I dare to say that every single rider that is currently fighting for like a, a top 8 to 15 position, if they decide to become a, a stage hunter, then they could also be that best stage hunter in the mountains of the world. So I guess he's the best one that has made the right decision, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah and I think there's plenty of strong guys who wouldn't have his savvy in these breaks like a Miguel Angel Lopez like he just he's just got the feel for it like he's like Lopez has got 30 seconds now it's time to push or when Aldani's up there, nah, I'm going to play like I've not got got it today. Uh, but, yeah, he a big stage win for him. He's got the Vuelta one missing. It'd be interesting to see if he goes to the Vuelta this year. It'd be a good chance to win a stage there. Lopez second takes the Mali Rosa. Trek's social media says he didn't even know he was going into the Mali Rosa, which, uh, just unless his radio didn't work, <laughs> I mean, I don't see Jesus how that's Christ. true. <laughs> like, they're really committed to the... the um, the act, Benji, or do you think that's true he didn't know? If he doesn't know, it
0: must be that his radio isn't working because otherwise it's a clear issue from the DS, I'd say, because he should be aware at that point that he's heading towards Amalia Rosa. That makes no sense that he doesn't know. I know. know.
1: <laughs> what? Like, exactly, as you said, they have out of themselves as incompetent or the radio doesn't work or they're lying. So we'll let you guess which one <laughs> which one it is. Uh, Taramayi is third on GC on 58 seconds. Simon Yates is still the leader of the GC group, which we'll get to now. It was Ineos, just steady pacing. Nothing really happened. No one took it up. There was too much headwind. Carapaz was just playing around. No one got dropped of note except Foss Dumoulin, and I think Guillaume Martin lost like two minutes, which is quite surprising like drop behind Hausen and and he's better than that normally also the man apparently trained it at there a thousand times and didn't do this side uh when he was here recently what about foss and dumo benji are you surprised by either i'm surprised by foss dropping here
0: i'm also surprised by foss dropping here to be honest then well i wasn't expecting him to be like a top five candidate actually like in the run-in, when it comes to his early days this year, I was considering it, but going into this Giro, I didn't really have that feeling about it. And when it comes to Dumoulin, I just didn't expect him as a full-scale GC rider in the first place. Despite the time trial earlier, we needed confirmation in the mountains, we said, and we didn't get the confirmation. So I guess we can see from here on onwards that Jumbo needs to change their mind about how they take on this race. Unless they see this as like one hit and they still try and go for GC after this I guess they can but uh, I'd say switch around and try and go for stage wins but also it also highlights the fact that I said a few times that well, of course should have been at this race regardless of his age and this confirms that even more for me because he generally could compete for a stage win in this flat sprint in this race and they chose to get an extra mountain GC rider that is uh some almond in this race which I don't have an issue with them picking some almond perhaps but Having G- three GC leaders that are not really going to fight for GC, except for Foss, who had some potential of doing so, there I'm like, that's too much, and perhaps a koi should have been uh, selected for this.
1: I mean, it's tough, right? Because Dumoulin's presumably on a decent salary. He came over from Sunweb, and he was good for a time, and then he took a step away from cycling, and he's not been the same since he's come back. His TT's been good, but he can't climb. And if he wasn't Tom Dumoulin, he wouldn't be picked for this race. And that's kind of the, again, the burden of, it's a sunk cost fallacy, which you've mentioned before, Benji. It's like, if Olaf Coy was getting paid the same, even if their performances are the same, he'd be here. So it's, it's kind of a chase your losses thing, maybe a morale thing. I don't know. But I agree with you, as you know, as I've said many times, uh, I think sprinters are kind of like NFL running backs and Cavendish is Frank Gore and the exception to the rule. And I think you want to get them going to as many good races as possible when they're already sprinting well and at a high level at World Tour, which Coy clearly is. But let's talk about Lopez now, Benji. Abandons the race. They say the Astana Twitter, it seemed to have the tweet like drafted Benji already saying he had an issue with his leg that he picked up an injury a tear two days before the giro first of all benji do you believe this do you believe he's injured second of all because he didn't okay tt second of all if he is should he have started
0: Well, they at least lied at some point because I swear I saw an article on Flitz just before the Giro started, I think two days before the Giro started, where Lopez stated through a press conference that he was in top form for the Giro. And I think this was like after the supposed hip injury was being put on him. Because if that's two days and I swear the article was the day before, then, well, I'd say that He's either lying now about the injury or was lying then about the top form. Now, I can understand back then, then you'd be like, let's hide this injury just so that it isn't like obvious that he's injured for the competition and so forth. But uh, it's, I don't know. If he's injured now, I, I dare to believe, I think Yes. So. For the, uh, I, I just have an issue with not believing riders on their words a lot of the time though like there's a lot of riders that say sh- bullshit but like about injuries i'm not going to be the guy that says oh no nah, man your your hip is not hurt come on show me a picture in the operation room i gotta see it pixar didn't happen now nah, i can't say that but about the uh whether he should have started that's a good question uh i'm obviously not a doctor but if it's to the point where according to that tweet he couldn't move his leg or couldn't pedal anymore because of the tear in the muscle well, then it's probably a pretty uh, serious injury unless it's something that got expanded over the last couple of days in which then, yeah, then that might not have been obvious beforehand.
1: Yeah, I think it's true because he got dropped or got in the car. It's not like he got dropped on Etna on a bad day and then was like, actually, I'm injured. It's he was in out of the neutral zone it seems so yeah he's probably injured and I don't know Vinokurov came out recently I think and said their finances are all sorted Lopez has a two-year deal until 2023 so I've seen no reason why he wouldn't want to continue he crashed out of the Giro in 2020 can't remember which one and yeah there was stage nine blockhouse other stages that really suited him here Hopefully, he gets right and he comes back for uh, Tour de France, the Grenon, Alpe West stages. He will be absolutely lethal, but yeah, not good for Astana, Benji. Dombrowski, not in the break. Nibali got dropped. Hopefully, he got – well, maybe that's a blessing. He can go for stages now, surely, freed of pretending to go for GC. But yeah, it's it's tough with Lopez. You remember he – I used to call him really consistent. From 2017 – he went Vuelta 8th, Giro 3rd, Vuelta 3rd, Giro 7th, Vuelta 5th, Tour de France 6th, although on the Planche de Belfils TT, he went from 3rd to 6th, one of the worst TTs ever in 2020. And then he's gone DNF Giro, where he crashed in the TT, 21 Tour DNF, like last year, DNF, uh, I can't remember what happened. I think he came in undercooked and wrote his domestic for us. And then last year, Vuelta and Malvastar. We all know what happened there. Uh, what's going on though, Benji? What would you do if you were a starter with him? Would you build him up for Tour de France GC? They don't really have many other options.
0: Yeah, they don't have many options, but I'm also curious about whether he's already getting paid or not because that probably has an influence as well on the state of these riders and their willingness to do everything that the team tells them to do, you know? I would guess.
1: Yeah, and I I think they're going to go for Lutschenko a little bit and he probably won't get much support. I reckon he'll just go... If I was him, I'd go for a stage win. Uh, on Grenon and that a Tour de France stage win even if you're not doing well in GC is more than enough to keep you going and your career going into the future but anyway that was Lopez a really big shame I really liked him for some stages
0: I want to mention something about Mareschko Mareshko seemed to have dropped like very early on in today's stage and I'm curious whether there is something to that like because he, he dropped very early but a lot of sprinters seem to have issues on today's stage so Perhaps there's something with the stage being harder than expected before the Etna started. But I'm curious whether Mateshko actually made the finish line in time. I have no reports yet, but he was in front of the broom wagon for, like, plenty of kilometers. So, uh, yeah, let's hope he's still in the race tomorrow.
1: I mean, sure. lucky. Well, that would solve your problem, Benji. If he otl they'd have to go for MVP in the sprint. <laughs> but he's going to OTL this Giro... Um, At some point, he can't climb the highways too much. Tomorrow's stage, as Benji mentioned, which, uh, I mean, Benji, does he make it to this finish? It's 174Ks. It just has a 20K, 4% steady climb, smack bang in the first third. And then it's uh, about 80 kilometers of flat after the descent. So... The Demars and the, the sprinters should be winning this, but Moresco really can't climb. So, yeah, I wonder about him there. Um, the finish for this has two left handers. They come in. Uh, the last one's at 700 meters, and the second last one is at about uh, just over a kilometer, 1.2 k's to go. You think this is a sprint stage, Benji? I think it is.
0: I think so as well. I'm curious what. Lotto can do in this stage as well. We know that. I think Kluger got hit by a motorbike today. I saw something like that on Twitter, or a crash was caused by a motorbike that included Kluger, something like that. And if that's the case, together with the bus not being here, well, then they've only got two riders left for a sprint train. And I'm like, perhaps he should indeed be piloted, like we mentioned earlier on this week, piloted by one rider to get him into a position where he can try and fend out for himself, because he kind of just needs to be on the wheel of Cavendish if Cavendish is still there after that climb, which he should be, to be honest. like Cavendish is is not a great climber, but he's got like 100k to fix it. (laughs) Or is that not possible?
1: Well, yeah, it's like, who's going to take it up? Say Mareshko and Cav get dropped, is Alperson going to pace for the entirety of uh, this stage? I can't see Mareshko on the... Uh, finish list anywhere. Maybe I'm missing him or misspelling his name. It's possible he OTL'd. Cavendish also struggled a lot today. He got dropped, well, their group got dropped by the Lotto Sudal Groupetto, four minutes behind and were the last riders on the course. And Gaviri was like six minutes ahead. So Cav not, maybe they're smart. Maybe they're like, why would you go faster than you have to? Or maybe he's not climbing very well. I don't think he'll finish this race uh, either Blockhouse will be – maybe he's just got to get through Blockhouse. But, yeah, I think quick step tomorrow with those double left-handers. We saw what they did the other day. They will use Ballerini earlier, I think, to make sure they are in front position uh, with 700 metres to go. I think they will. They have the best train. And Lotto, I think Kluger might have struggled or crashed today or something happened to him as well. They're also another down, man down. So the clear choice is what Bench just described. They they have to just use a pilot, which should be Rudiger Zerlig uh for caleb ewan and i think i think arno Demar. no nah, i'm going with cav cav two in a row okay
0: uh i can't pick Gav, then. i'll go with Ewan for this one why not i think uh they'll magically fix it like out of you nowhere did that last year right yeah he did but wasn't that like the stage where there was like a tiny hill where they controlled it perfectly with the bust and then after that hill they
1: basically cleaned it for
0: Ewan, or am I misremembering?
1: <gasps> I mean, Du Bois did do good, do, a good letter. Du Bois did do a good job. Bit of a tongue twister there. and But he still had to close Gavira. I think Gavira launched early. He still had to do a fair bit of work. Aldani might have been mixing it up in that finish. Um, and he was just way too good. So Israel had got to get it right. I didn't realize the other day that Zabel didn't need to do the full effort to fight Enkorn for the points. He could have literally jumped out of the peloton doing 200 watts taken second and would have kept blue. So they got to get it right for Nitzolo. But I like Cav. Quickstep will probably get it right. And I think Demar's looking good, but he needs to be in much better position than Cav and Ewan to win. He just does not have their top-end speed. Uh, but, yeah, that's all from us for the Giro d'Italia. If you want to catch that, you get, uh live tomorrow. It's on GCN plus worldwide, except for New Zealand. Benji is heading on Zwift. I'm editing a Cav video, and then I might do a double Zwift later. I might meet up with Benji. We like a, lot, a sort of 10pm Zwift, uh, which is that weird? I don't know. We're weird guys. <laughs> but that's all from us. Thanks for your support. We're happy to be back home, well, I am at least, and we'll see you with Stage 5 Recap tomorrow. Ciao.